We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of Drinks with Binks, we've decided to leave the party at home in exchange for some meaningful dialogue about racial inequality and oppression in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. I can't possibly understand what racism is like, but I wanted to provide my platform to someone who can enlighten us with their perspective on what is an uncomfortable topic for many. Two-time Super Bowl champion and ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody joins me for a discussion on racial justice in America. What sports can learn from the rest of humanity, will Colin Kaepernick now get a chance to play in the NFL? And most importantly, what we can all do to help facilitate change. Hey guys, welcome on into Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks. We're still staying home to stay safe during the coronavirus pandemic. But this week, our thoughts, our hearts, and our minds were turned to another pressing issue in America. We're seeing in this country a huge revolution in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and countless other innocent black people at the hands of law enforcement officers. We've seen powerful protests across the country in the face of racial inequality, oppression, and racial injustice. And so we wanted to do our part on this show to be able to understand the perspective of black people in America, something I possibly can't understand myself. And so I was on Twitter and I noticed that ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody tweeted that he wanted to break bread and talk about what was happening and going on in the world with people. So I messaged Woody to come on the show. And with that, I'd like to welcome in ESPN NFL analyst, two-time Super Bowl champion Damian Woody to Drinks with Binks. Before we begin, Damian, I just want to thank you so much for your willingness and openness to have this conversation with me. So often the burden falls on people of color to have to educate white people about racial justice. And for that, I sincerely thank you. What has the last week been like for you? Well, Julie, first of all, thank you for having me on. I, I think um, there's been a lot of reflection this week, um, a lot of discussion, and I think the most important thing is we want to get the message out about what exactly has been going on in this country for a long time. Um, black folks, it doesn't matter class, uh, how much money you make. Everyone has had certain experiences with law enforcement, um, just societal racism. Um, that's just perpetuated all across society. And so what's really important right now is for those messages to be to be heard, to be said. Because so many times, when we get to the topic of racism in this country, everyone tunes out. They don't wanna hear it. They wanna, it's the, it's the big elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about because it makes people uncomfortable. And for me, the goal is for everyone to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. How can we possibly change? How can we possibly move forward as a country if we're just comfortable with the status quo. And really that's been my message this week. And yeah, I heard you forward. discussing that on the Will Kane show and just the idea that, you know, this is not the first time obviously that we've had these conversations and that we've seen injustice like this mm -hmm. in America and beyond. And that the idea that a lot of people have dismissed these conversations, as you mentioned, because they're uncomfortable or because maybe they just didn't feel like it involved them. 
what have you seen? What's been your perception of even just what's gone on, the reaction from what's happened in the last week? Well, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hurt uh, in the community, particularly in the, in the black community, and people just want justice. You know, we talk about certain principles in this country. Just one of them is supposed to be justice is blind. Well, that's not shared across the board. And I think the thing that black, you know, myself and other, you know, African-Americans want to share is we really just want the same thing as everyone else. We want, you know, we want safe environments. We want great education. Um, when it comes to the, you know, justice system, we want justice to be blind. We want it to be fair across the board. And I think it's when you see these uprisings is it's because we've been saying these type of messages, but you're not being heard. People we're the community is not being heard. So what's the next step? The next step is civil unrest. And that's what we've been seeing. Do we want to do that? No. Do I condone looters and rioters? Absolutely not. But the one thing that if you look at history in America, big change usually happens when we have these type of civil unrest, because it's kind of a wake up call. Like, listen, enough is enough. We need to address these things if we're going to move forward to a more perfect And there have union. been, you know, these very powerful protests and messages from across the country. What would you say to people that maybe don't understand the importance of protests and the misconception that has followed with it? Yeah, you know, the, the, you know, the one thing that I hear a lot of times, um, especially this week, is, well... People, you know, well, what about the looters and the rioters? You know, how can we, po how can you possibly affect change when you have people out there committing crime? First thing I want to say is no one condones that. Okay. Absolutely no one. If you ask anyone who's out here protesting, that is deplorable behavior by those few people who are out there trying to take advantage of a very serious situation. But I will say this on the flip side. If we value material items more than an actual life, then our priorities are mixed up. And that's why we are in the position that we're in today is because people are not being heard. The message isn't getting heard. People are distorting the message. And we have to stay focused on the issues at hand if we want to move forward right. as a country. Right, and being able to have those messages and to be so passionate about them, especially whether it affects you or whether it doesn't. We are all in this together to be able to help hear what these experiences are. And I think it's it's good to see people that maybe normally wouldn't have a platform to lend in this sort of regard and for these topics. To, to shed light on it. And I think that it's it's been encouraging, at least from my perspective, you obviously have a, a completely different perspective, but to see a lot of people sort of take the time to educate themselves and to learn and to listen. Well, I think, Julie, that's, that's absolutely right. The number one thing we have to do is we have to listen and we have to learn. We have to learn from our past because that's the only way we can, we can move forward um, as a country. Uh, you know, and that's really been the encouraging thing to me. And I always say this, where everything starts, because that's what I hear from a, from a lot of my white friends and white brothers and sisters out there is, well, where do I start? Well, it starts in your heart. I think when you start with yourself, look at yourself in the mirror. And then your environment, your community, because everything is so tribal today. And through no fault of its own, some people live in bubbles and they don't see what's going on out here. They refuse that it's happening because it's just not happening in their immediate environment. And that's why it's so important for people to just listen, take a deep breath and just listen. Just listen to some of the stories that people have to say, because guess what? I've experienced I, the experiences I've had. I guarantee you, if you go out in the street and you ask any random black person about an experience that I have, I guarantee you they've had similar or maybe the exact type of experience. That's not random. Mm -hmm. That doesn't just happen. 
there's an issue with the system as a whole and we want to eradicate it. We have a lot more to get to with Damian Woody on issues of racial injustice and oppression that have been around in the United States for hundreds and hundreds of years. And we are hopefully trying to make some kind of change as we go forward. We've got a whole lot more on the other side of Drinks with Banks. Don't go anywhere. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, somebody's going to get punched in the nose by Alec Baldwin. The left and the right pile on his wife, Hilaria, for alleged cultural appropriation. And what our reaction to the death of Gilligan's Island's Mary Ann says about us. Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jamel Hill, and I had drinks. Ah, with beaks. Ah, and I'm still standing. Ah, I mean, I'm sitting. See, that should let you know how drunk I am. Drinks for Bakes. Hey everyone, welcome on back to Drinks with Binks. We have two-time Super Bowl champion, ESPN NFL analyst, Damian Woody here with us today to continue and to start an important conversation for many people about racial injustice and inequality in America. And we've just been discussing the thoughts and feelings that Damian has had during this past week that we have seen many different protests in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and other innocent black people. And we were just discussing sort of the idea that it is good to see people listening and learning and trying to teach themselves experiences that they maybe don't have and couldn't possibly have. And I was doing an interview for a different show earlier this morning and a woman I was talking with was discussing the idea of covert and overt racism and how many people don't realize that well maybe they aren't overtly racist toward anyone sometimes where they're from or what their parents have told them or what they've been around sort of inevitably has shaped sort of their thoughts and views what's your sort of your thoughts on just these you know two different types of of racism that is still very prominent today Well, listen, I think you you hit it on the head because a lot of times we're a product of our environment, you know, and just to give you a little backdrop, you know, I grew up in a very rural area in central Virginia. I grew up around, you know, my family was poor. So I grew up around poor blacks. I grew up around poor whites. I grew up around rednecks. I grew up, you know, guys, you know, people who had Confederate, Confederate flags in the back of that truck with rifles. Like I grew up around all different types of people. But the one, the one thing that I love about my upbringing is it, it gave me a lot of different perspectives. So for me, there's not an environment that I'm uncomfortable with because I grew up around every different, every different type of uh, people that you could grow up around. And I think to me, that's the big message here is open your, open your mind to different things. Open your, you know, invite other people into your circle get a different perspective because when you talk about covert and overt racism, you know, you could talk about the workplace. A, a lot of times people hire people because they look like them. They, they, they have a similar vibe. People who, you know, they feel like they're from a similar type of environment. So it's a comfortable ability thing that plays out as far as racism concerned and, and, and you know, and talk, and as far as the workplace is concerned. And then you have people that just, you know, they're just full of hatred. And that's just what it is. I always say hatred is taught. It's taught in the home. That's why I've always said, if we want real change, it starts at home. It starts with you as an individual, in your home, in your, you know, in your communities, and then it permeates outward. So racism comes in a lot of different forms, and but I've always been a glass half full type person. So I'm always hopeful as long as people are willing to listen and learn and willing to change then things and some can of those happen. people who have been open to wanting to listen and learn have been very active on social media we have seen a lot of social media posts around this whether it's sharing different stories or reposting different people's accounts and today that we're recording this has been the blackout tuesday where people have been posting a black square on their instagram in sort of in solidarity with with what black people have been experiencing 
what do you think about all this? Like, I'd just be curious what sort of the perception is when you see white people doing this. Like, does it is it hollow or does it have any kind of momentum? Well, I think, listen, I think time will tell because I'm a big, you know, your actions speak louder than your words, your your works you know, really tell the whole story. So for me, it's really important. Yes, we need to have the discussion. We need to listen. We need to talk. But we need to keep the energy moving. You know, once the smoke literally clears from a, from a lot of cities around the country because of the protests, okay, what are we doing then? Okay, it can't, it can't go from we having protests and we having, you know, this dialogue to everything going back to the status quo. Because guess what? history will continue to repeat itself when the next incident happened. So my thing is, yes, okay, I'm okay with you posting black squares on Instagram, but what are we gonna do, you know, two weeks, a month, six months down the road? We gotta keep the energy moving forward. how do you forward. think that that can happen? Like, how do you think that can happen for anyone, but then also people who have a platform or who have a show or, or even like myself, in something like this, like what would be sort of your advice to how we can keep that energy and that momentum going? Well, you have to stay engaged. You know, anything worth fighting for, you got to stay engaged with it. And I always said, if we want a more perfect union, then you have to, you have to get uncomfortable with yourself because we're all, we're all creatures of habit. There are certain things that I like to do on a daily basis. And if I break away from it, guess what? It's uncomfortable to me. But if we want to better ourselves as individuals, as a country, then we need to break from old habits and implement things that will better not only ourselves, but our communities as a whole. So for me, when I talk about keeping that energy moving forward, it's, it's continuing to have, having a dialogue. It's continuing to, you know, get out there and, 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 uh, and, and vote and get, and get involved in, you know, politics or just, exercising your constitutional right of voting you know to me those are things that we can do not only as an individual but as a community to affect big change and that's what i'm talking about when i talk about voting that's big change but if we to me the 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 bigger impact is in, within yourself right. and within and your community. And I did hear you on Will Kane when you were discussing, you know, the power of voting and just the need. If anyone was skeptical of voting before, this is when you really need to vote now. I'm Canadian. I'm not a citizen of the United States, so I can't vote. But for those people that say, oh, well, my vote doesn't count, or I'm in a state that already is overwhelmingly in one direction, what would you say to them? Well, I've always said, you know, for me, if you don't vote, then guess what? The next person will. And you give up the right to complain about th certain things if it doesn't, if it's not the way that you want it, because you gave up your constitutional right to, to exercise your voice. And so for me, I've always been passionate about it. Uh, it goes back to, you know, my family, you know, my grandparents, they couldn't wait to vote because they went through the civil rights era where they were literally being denied the right to vote. So it meant that it it meant that it was it meant that important to them. It was that important to them. So for me to see what you know people, you know my family went through just to get, earn just to earn the right to vote, why wouldn't I exercise that myself? I would be doing a big disservice to a lot of people who came before me. And so that's why for me I'm so passionate about voting it's important well that momentum is so pivotal as we head into november now we have to take a quick time out but we'll be back with more on drinks with binks with two-time super bowl champion damian woody Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the exciting adventure of the daily commute to the peace of mind that Geico always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service and legendary customer service. But Pamela Mund had one reason in particular. My skin is extremely averse to most fabrics, except for the soft, buttery feeling of leather. Thankfully, I found my clan of leather lovers in the biking community. It's been life-changing. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
Hey, I'm Brandy Rhodes, Chief Brand Officer of AEW, and I gulped down drinks with Binks, and uh, I still got a ways to go. Hey guys, welcome on back to Drinks with Binks. It's a bit of a different episode here today. I'm Julie Stewart Binks, and we have two-time Super Bowl champion Damian Woody with us. We're talking about a very important issue that has been going on and has been in the forefront of our minds and our news and our media over the last week. And for many people, this has been the forefront of their lives for hundreds and hundreds of years in this country. And that is racism, racial inequality, injustice, oppression. And Damien has been giving us some great insight and perspective on what it's like to deal with this and what we can do to help. And Damien, you have seven children, which is a remarkable feat in itself. But what have the conversations been like with your children about racism and more more recently, even just what's gone on in the last week? Well, Julia, you know, it, for me, it's been great, you know, having seven children and, and having you know, a couple of adult children. Um, the conversation has just been fantastic because our kids, you know, especially our older ones, have, they they felt it before, they've experienced it before. So we're now we're able to have a discussion about, you know, hey, dad, this is what I experienced at, at, you know, in, in school, in college, when it was in session. This is what I experienced in high school, you know, from, from my peers. And uh, just to be able to have the back and forth and talk about, you know, history and, how things seem to play itself out. History repeats itself a lot of times over and over again. Um, and to sometimes learn from, my, learn from my children. You know, you can learn from anyone. And, and, and to the conversations that I have with my own children have been fantastic. So um, I'm always of the mindset of, you know, we can have the discussion and we can, and we can come out better. We can come out more informed. And, and my kids, they're they're thirsty for knowledge, and I and I love that about them because because it'll make them more well-rounded. Is there citizens anything of this in particular that you know you mentioned your younger children sort of bringing ideas to the table that they haven't had the life experience that you've had, but maybe they have sort of that innocent perspective. Has there been anything that sort of touched you in that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, for me, you know, as you grow older, sometimes you get hardened because you've experienced so many different things in your life. And, and my kids, they do such a great job of, of telling me stories, positive stories about their peers that recognize or come to their aid when, uh, when certain things happen. And, and for me, that gives me, gives me hope. It makes me hopeful because I'm always saying the young will, will turn this around. You know, the younger generation will, will, they will be the ones that, that will really exact change um, as a country. So my kids, they really make me hopeful and, and they see everything that's going on. And, um, you know, the stories that they share with me, I know, I know mm-hmm, the country's definitely. in good hands moving forward. Now, you wrote on Twitter, like in 2017, I saw a series of a thread of tweets that was, you know, in response to the similar things that we're talking about right now with racism. And from 2017 to now 2020, has, in what way has maybe the conversation either been different or similar to sort of the rants that you had back then? Well, really the conversations have been the same because we're seeing the same type of things play itself out. I mean, you could go back, you know, you could go to, the 90s with, you know, the Rodney King riots in, in Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, you could go down the list with, you know, Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin. I mean, there's so many different, so many different incidences that, that have happened. Um, and I just think we're at a, a, you know, inflection point. We're at a boiling point right now where you've literally seen the public stand up and say, enough, this, we've had enough. And um, until, again, that's why I said, until we are uncomfortable as a society, and are ready for big change, we will continue to see these type of uprisings happen, you know, happen over and over again. So that's why I'm hopeful that we can finally have dialogue, meaningful dialogue, to go along with action. So we won't see these, these type of things. Right. Repeat and this over time and over in again. our history has been extremely powerful and momentous. And we have to keep that energy going. And I know at ESPN don't usually talk about politics, but when you talk about race, it inevitably is an issue. We've seen 
you know, a lack of leadership in this realm right now. What is it about what's going on in this current climate that has maybe made this issue have more steam than it has in the past? Well, I think, Julie, the, the big thing is when you see something, it's one thing when you talk about things that happen, but when you have video, when you have video of something so vile and malicious happen right in front of our eyes as a country, and then to see what has happened, what has transpired after, you have no choice. You have no choice to, to talk about these things because what we're talking about supersedes sports. It supersedes whatever industry that you're a part of. It's bigger than that. We're talking about humanity as a whole here. So, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, for ESPN to, to recognize the gravity of the situation and to really allow its personalities to voice their concern, to voice their frustrations, um, and hopefully do it in a manner where we can move things in a positive direction. Because to me, that is the goal. The goal is, can we take this tragedy that happened with George Floyd and somehow channel that energy and move things in a positive direction? If we can do that, boy, we can put ourselves in a great mm -hmm, situation. Definitely. And as you mentioned, you know, it's it does supersede sports. It is it's humanity. It's it's every single person, black person in America. And and it's not just America, even though, you know, our politics and sort of what's going on in this this environment sort of has lent ourselves to this situation. But even as a Canadian and Justin Trudeau, the prime minister up there saying, you know, just because this is happening in the U.S. doesn't mean it's not up here in Canada. And so I think that that's important for people to see that, oh, you know, no one is immune to this right now. And when we do talk about sports, though, it has we've seen a lot of different teams, athletes put out statements and whether some of them have have seemingly hit the right chord. Some have missed it entirely. What kind of conversations have you had maybe with other black athletes or with other black coworkers or analysts sort of about what's going on? Well, I think, you know, it's, for me, it's, it's having that car, having conversation with black athletes is, is easy to me because we, again, I go back to, we've all had these type of conversations before. Uh, we've all had these similar type of incidences before. Um, having conversations with people, you know, corporations is a different story, you know, especially when you talk about these teams, because everyone is afraid of jeopardizing the bottom dollar, because that's where it's all about. You know, we live in a capitalistic society and people, you know, they want to make sure that they don't offend anyone and, and hurt, the, hurt the dollar. But again, I go back to this is bigger than humanity. You have an opportunity here. You have an opportunity to be on the right side of history, because as we've seen with Colin Kaepernick, when he was taking the peaceful protest and taking a knee, and we saw the, how the NFL put out his statement, boy, who who came out look who came out looking better on, on in that situation? So, people have an opportunity right now to really uh to to really show themselves in, in a, in a yeah, really definitely. great manner. And we're seeing who is deciding to stand up and who is staying silent, whose voices are becoming even more apparent when they are not being spoken. We've got a whole lot more to come with Damian Woody and how racism is in sports and, and what we can kind of do to combat that when we come back on Drinks With Thanks. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a soap opera star. Gracious me, my car has storm damage and I've had to file a claim. Could it possibly get worse? Will my claims team leave me for someone else? Someone less intense? Um, no. Actually, when you file a claim with GEICO, you get your own dedicated claims team who promises to stay with you throughout the process. Oh, I've never known such loyalty. I can't wait for the second season. Geico. Great service without all the drama. Hey guys, welcome back to Drinks with Binks. We've got two-time Super Bowl champion Damian Woody with us here today to discuss racism in America and what we can do 
to try to help and change this issue that has been prominent for hundreds of years within this country. And we've now shifted our attention to sports and the issues that persist within there, which of course sometimes are a microcosm for what's going on in the rest of the world. And we were just mentioning Colin Kaepernick. The NFL released a statement this week to support people that were protesting for racial inequality. And it sort of hit a a very controversial chord with a number of people because of how they handled Colin Kaepernick's peaceful protesting. What is your sort of general feeling about what the NFL is is sort of saying at this moment? Well, they're they're looking silly, to be honest with you, because here's a guy who, you know, he literally was peacefully protesting something that we we've seen play out time and time again, something that played out last week with George Floyd. And he was essentially blackballed from the NFL for a peaceful protest. And again, I go back to, it goes back to the bottom dollar. The NFL chose, in my opinion, the bottom dollar over standing side by side with one of his players on a critical issue of humanity. And so when the, you know, when the NFL released a statement, all you could do is sit back and laugh, really, because everyone said at the time, you know, NFL, you have a chance to be either on one side of history or, or the other. You fast forward, what, three years, and we, we, we see where the country is right now. And uh, the NFL just doesn't look really good at this moment. So hopefully this is a teaching. This is a teaching moment, not only for the NFL board, but for a lot of corporations uh, when it comes to issues of humanity. Damien, in what way can the NFL repair some of the issues they caused by not supporting Colin Kaepernick? How can they show solidarity to try to change things? Well, again, to me, it goes back to actions. You know, it's one thing to put out a statement. You know, we're going to see, we probably have seen 32 statements from, from NFL teams. But what are you ready to get down to the nitty-gritty, as I like to say? Are you ready to, you know, be in the streets? Are you ready to have meetings with law enforcement? Are you ready to have meetings with, you know, with uh, people in government, whether it be state or federal, to have these tough conversations? Because that's the only way things are going to change. Things aren't going to change by putting out a statement. Okay, and people see right through those type of things. People want to know, okay, if you're serious about this issue, if you if you're transparent and you really want things to happen, what actions are you going to take? Because the NFL is a very, very powerful entity. Football is the football is the is the most famous, most likable sport in America. So they have a huge platform that they can use. Are they going to choose to use it in a way to keep this energy moving forward like we talked about earlier in the show? Or are they going to stand pat and just kind of wait for the smoke to clear and go back to the right. status quo? Right, and the Players Coalition started, you know, making some movement in this realm over the, over the last little while. What do you think maybe they could do to sort of take this to the next level? Like, what would that look like? Well, listen, obviously everything to me starts organically in the community and permeates its way outward. And I know the player co- Players Coalition, they've worked with state, you know, state governments, local communities, um, as far as, you know, just laws and, you know, they've worked on bail reform and, you know, crystal cr- criminal justice reform, a lot of things that we're actually talking about, um, in, you know, as far as the society right now. So I think they've got to continue to do those things continue to work within the community, uh, continue to work with local, state, and federal, you know, uh, officials. Um, because that, to me, is how you affect big change. Get, get putting people in places of power, getting laws changed so we, don't see, so we don't see the repeat of things happening, holding people accountable. That's the only way we're going get to big, get big change in this country is by implementing those type of uh, actions. And what do you think? I mean, sort of all eyes on Colin Kaepernick now, but all eyes on the on owners that sort of uh, scoffed at, at his his protest. What do you think um, will maybe be uh, the effect or the reaction that the owners were, will feel now seeing 
what has transpired this last week as it pertains to Colin Kaepernick. Like, will is there any way that their thoughts and, and opinions on him could change? Well, I mean, that's a great question. And I think only time will tell to see if they, you know, give him another shot at being back in the National Football League. But um, people, people are going to have their eyes on the NFL only because of, you know, the, the protests of Colin Kaepernick and how everything played out to where we're at right now with the country being in peril over the, you know, the, over the murder of George Floyd. So um, the NFL, they can't stand pat. You know, people, people are kind of hip to the game, as I like to say. They're waiting. They're waiting to see what the NFL, what part the NFL is going to play in this, in the big picture here, um, because everyone's going, everyone's going to assume, okay, the NFL is just going to play the waiting game and, and and see and just wait this thing out and and hope for calm and then just go back to business as usual. No, we're we're past that now. We're past that, and I think people are going to keep putting the heat on the NFL and going to and they're going to hold their feet to the fire. Speaking of keep, keeping people accountable, we noticed that. San Francisco 49ers also joined in on the social media blackout today by posting the square that everyone is doing in solidarity for Black Lives Matters. What's your impression of that, knowing that this was the team that <laughs> really did not support Colin Kaepernick? Ironic, huh? <laughs> Ironic. And I just go back to history. You know, history have a, has a way of documenting and, 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 and you know, and just playing itself out. You know, we saw, you know, we saw what, what Colin Kaepernick was doing and we saw, you know, what the San Francisco 49ers did. Um, and so with with the San Francisco 49ers, it goes back to what I just said, basically. Is this smoke and mirrors? Or are you actually committed to doing something that, that has some meat on it? That's what I want to see. That's what everyone's going to look at when it comes to this, not only the San Francisco 49ers, but all of these teams. Are you really committed to change? Because guess what? Over 70% of the National Football League is African-American. So, you know, this is this is the NFL's chance to really yes, step up to the plate. Yes, and the NFL play. has a number of other changes that they need to make in terms of maybe matching or at least getting close to a percentage in terms of black coaches and people in position of power. And we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more when we come back after this break with Super Bowl champion Damian Woody on Drinks with Thanks. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Cooligans. Hello, I'm Christian. I'm Alexis. Okay, we are two stand-up comedians, and we host uh, the funniest soccer show you've ever seen. That's right. We love talking about soccer. We're wild. We're silly. We have no idea what we're doing, <laughs> but it's a fun ride. And we're on Fubo every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. That's right. Fubo Sports Network. Do it. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, <laughs> still. Very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? We take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Like what you're hearing? Check out Drinks with Binks on Fubo Sports Network every Friday night at 8 p.m. Stream it on the Fubo TV app, Roku, Samsung TV, and more. Oh, and don't forget, it's BYOB. Sorry, startup life. Hey guys, welcome back into Drinks with Binks. We are here with two-time Super Bowl champion, Damian Woody, who has been giving us his insight, his perspective, his experience on dealing with racial inequality in the United States and of course within sport and helping us figure out even just small ways in which we can change our behavior to help bring about a more inclusive future for everyone in this country. And that is specifically toward black people who have been feeling marginalized for hundreds of years. Now, in the wake of George Floyd's death, even before that, Damien, there was the discussion about how there are such a lack of black coaches in the NFL. How do you feel the events that have transpired in the last week will influence the NFL in inspiring and maybe just forcing them to hire more black coaches? Well, listen, there's, there's going to be a lot of hard conversations. You know, when you have 
Um, this type of situation play itself out this past week with with George Floyd. You know, people people want to be people want to be talking not only about the murder of George Floyd, but a lot but a lot of um, a lot of imperfections in our society as it relates to race relations. And uh, you know, on the NFL front, you know, so much so much so much of it has to do with coaches, front office people, because again, it goes back to a comfortable a comfortability thing about you know the decision makers a lot of these owners they want people that look like them um who come from similar backgrounds or people that you know they know somebody who knows somebody you know we've seen that happen countless numerous times instead of actually going out and interviewing people and maybe taking a chance on someone on someone else you know when the when the Rooney Rule was was a first initiated, I believe there was like seven NFL coaches, two two black coaches were in a Super Bowl at the same time. I think it was Tony Dungy, uh, and Tony Lovie Dungy Smith. and yeah. and and Lovey Smith and Lovey Smith. That number has dwindled to three. Three three coaches three not three black coaches, I think three coaches of color, in the National Football League. So we have a problem. We have a problem in the National Football League, and a lot of it has to go has to go back to decision makers having you know people of color, whether it's black or brown, people who are general managers, presidents in the National Football League to help you know hire other co- other black coaches. So there's a lot of work that has to be done. Uh, in the NFL mm-hmm. from the from the and just on that topic we had a guest a former vice president of um, the New England Patriots you probably know him Scott Pioli who was on discussing his oh, um, yes. just his work with trying to whether you know it's it's helping minorities or helping women sort of get into these positions that that hadn't been before and that mm-hmm. it takes you know he said he'd had a lot of hard conversations with people that he worked with that didn't feel the same way as him you ask about the dynamic how it is with some of my peers and my contemporaries some people support it and many others don't and and that's that's okay because i think i think we know that right i don't think people wear that on their you know on their chest on which side they're on and what they believe in but um, it's it, there have been times where it's been fully supported. And there's been people like at the Falcons when we brought um, Katie in to work as a Bill Walsh coach for four weeks before I hired her as a 10-month intern. You know, Dan Quinn accepted that. That was his coaching staff. He had the right to say yes or no, and Dan accepted that. He wanted to understand it and what some of the um, some of the dynamics might be that that people are afraid of or that he was afraid of. And that's the funny thing is in this work, I think people worry about and think about possibilities that 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 are just overblown. It kind of sucks saying that like it takes a white dude, a white male dude to sort of make this change, but it does in sort of the society we have right now. Well, that's why, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's so important to have allies, you know, because, again, black folks have had new have numerous stories of injustices that have happened. But it also but in order for us to change, in order for us to change as a society, we have to have allies, mm-hmm. you know, white allies to, you know, back us up to help eradicate, you know, racial injustice or, you know, over, you know, overt or covert racism. Um, that's how we really going to get this thing moving forward because it can't just be black, black folks doing the heavy lifting. It has to be everyone collectively um, doing the lifting in order for us to really change this thing. I mentioned I had interviewed um, two women this morning from USA Softball, and they mentioned that they felt that they their teammates were very supportive of them when they played and you know were always so together but then not necessarily off the pitch and off the field have you ever felt mm. that way in terms of when it comes to sports oh absolutely you know the the beauty the beauty of the locker room is you got guys that come that come from all different backgrounds black white conservative liberal everything working towards a common goal. That's the beauty of sports. But at the same time, not everyone in the locker room are friends. 
You know, we're, we're, we're colleagues. Um, if we happen to have build a relationship where it goes beyond colleagues, it's great. But a lot of times, once you leave a locker room, everyone goes back to their, their, their respective families, their respective communities, and the tribalism still plays itself out. So, you know, I've always said that the locker room is, is great. Um, society can learn a lot from the locker room, but there's, there's still uh, things within a locker room um, that people can, we still have to uh, address because we're still people within the locker room. Right, and we have to go to break, but I do want to ask you uh, a follow-up question to that. We will just have to ask that on the other side on Drinks With Thinks with ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody. Welcome back to Drinks with Binks. I'm JSB. We've got two-time Super Bowl champion Damian Woody here with us today to discuss what has gone on in the last week in terms of racial inequality and injustice and the momentum behind protests and standing up for what is right in this country. And as it pertains to the locker room, we are just discussing how there's so many people from many different walks of life, but that they could learn something and could change. What is it if you were maybe to address uh, an NFL team or a locker room as it pertains to racism, what would you say? Walk in my shoes. Try to envision yourself walking in my shoes. Um, It's easy. It's the easy thing to do would be to dismiss it because it doesn't affect you. But walk in my shoes and you walk a mile in my shoes and maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from because we're not just here just trying to, you know, just trying to tell a story. We're here because when we tell these stories, these are things that directly affect our lives. And I go back to all we want is blind justice. We want safe communities. We want our families to have edu- you know, have a great education. We don't want any more or any less than a, than the next person, but we just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And one of those people that could hear and listen and tell sort of uh, that perspective would be head coach Anthony Lynn of the Chargers, who you know from your days mm-hmm. of playing. And he mentioned to LZ Granderson of the Los Angeles Times how he didn't necessarily feel that he wanted to post something necessarily like that. Like it sort of goes beyond an Instagram post, uh, you know, a tweet, anything like that. What do you think sort of like mm. maybe is his perspective or his role in all of this? Well, I've known Anthony Lynn for a long time, you know, from my days when he was a running backs coach with the New York Jets and we were together. Um, Anthony Lynn is, is a man of principle. He's a man, he's a doer, he's a man of action. Um, so I can only imagine someone coming at Anthony Lynn talking about, hey, you want to post this? He would probably look at you crazy because the one thing Anthony Lynn is about, he, he's, if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. He's not going to just post, he's going to do it with action. And I think, you know, that's the mindset of a lot of people out here. Yes, it's good, you know, you know I can applaud people for wanting to post, but at the end of the day, what are you going to do? What are you going to do out here? Because posting is not going to, it's not going to affect real change. Real change is going to happen by having those tough conversations, making people uncomfortable. Okay. Going out here and, and, and registering people to vote, um, calling out people in not only in your family, but in your communities, when you see things that you know, isn't right. You know, those are the things, those are the actions that we have to take collectively. If we're, if we're really going, if we're really serious about And in terms sports. of just doing all those things, when the show's over, when the news isn't featuring all of this as their top story and something else sort of starts to creep into the, to the headlines, how do we ensure that people are having those conversations and that this doesn't just sort of become dismissed by by society as it has in the past? 
Well, I think it's the energy. It's the energy that we have to bring to the table. Because if you're bringing this in, the same energy that you have now and you continue it, it can't be ignored. And that's, you know, that's been my whole argument or my whole statement about everything that's going on. Keep the same energy. Don't let it up. Keep the same energy. Because guess what? There's going to be another distraction is going to come. But to me, this is too important. It's too important to let, let this off the hook. And, um, you know, that would be my plea to everyone watching, watching this show is don't let up. Don't let don't let the status quo off the hook. We can't go backwards. Can't go backwards. Got to stay mad, stay angry, keep that momentum going. And that's the only way that we're going to keep making change on the legislative levels and the basic levels of you talking to someone in your daily life. It is as simple as that, as you have told us here in this interview. Thank you, Damien. We have to take a quick time out, but we will be back with uh, more to find out where Damien is next after this on Drinks With Thanks. Well, we've had an incredible time learning more about what it's like to experience racism and the perspective that Damien Woody has here with us today. Of course, we can't fully understand that, especially for myself, but I'm hopeful that I can provide a platform with you here today that, that helps educate and, and teach people something maybe they, they haven't thought of before, push them to have those difficult conversations, feel uncomfortable, as you told us. Where can we find you next? What sort of uh, what's sort of on the horizon for you? Hey everyone, Montel here. I need to check out my brand new podcast, Let's Be Blunt with Montel. We'll be having kind of conversations about cannabis, wellness, and everyday social issues impacting your everyday life. It's all about empowering you and giving you the information you need to make it through your daily life. There won't be any BS. There won't be any hidden agendas. Just honest, interesting conversations. So make sure you tune in to the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It's all about a blunt conversation and that's what we intend to have every day. Yeah, listen, you can find me on all the different platforms with at ESPN, whether it be Get Up, First Take, NFL Live, Sports Center. You know, <laughs> they, they they use us all over the place. So I'll I'll be all over, but you you'll definitely be seeing from me and hearing from me about not only this topic, but hopefully sports in the near future. Well, Damien, thank you so much for your perspective and for using your platform to help educate us more in this realm. And we cannot wait to talk sports with you at some point, whenever that may be. Now, guys, if you want to watch this interview again or share it with your friends, make sure that you log on to our YouTube page at Fubo Sports. And as always, you can get the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And until then, we will see you guys next week. Keep on drinking and banking. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.